Well, good morning. If I wear my glasses, I can see you sort of. I'll take them off. Um, <laughs> it's probably better. So I'm so excited to be here today. This has been a prayer of mine. This church has been my church for probably over 20 years. Um, I have prayed at this pulpit. I have prayed around this church. And my heart's desire is truly to see people have a relationship with Jesus. That's that's all I ask. When, when God says, can I use you, Rhonda? I'm like, yes, use me, Lord. Have everyone that I meet know the love of my Father. So I'm just going to open up with prayer. But before I do, um, I did want to let you guys know, I know um, Patty said this earlier, but I have some books. The Lord has downloaded books to me. So I'm like different people. Um, these usually happen very quickly. And so my first three books, I have a Jesus at Work book, which is really my testimony in the scientific field. I was a researcher, and the Lord had me evangelize in the world of biotechnology. So, so that book came out of that. How do you share Jesus at Work? Now, Jesus at Work can also be you as a mom in the grocery store, wherever you are. So it's not just your workplace, it's, it's Jesus at work within you. So if you're interested, that book is out there. I also created, the Lord said, I want you to make that Jesus at work book smaller. I'm like, really, God? Okay. So I made a devotional. It's 40 Days with Jesus. And so that's also out there. And then this um, was birthed in 2018. And this is called God on the Move, Ignite Your Faith with a Cloud by Day and Fire at Night. So that's kind of what my message is based upon. But I do want to gift this to someone today. Um, so I'm going to ask a question. But before I do, I, I do pray that um, you know that you are part of God's army. Like, there's no accidents in you being here today. God has appointed you here for such a time as this. So this, um, this message I wanted to give, I was thinking like, hmm, what's coming up? Well, I could say whose birthday is in like this week? Does anyone have a birthday this week? Yes, okay, come on up, you get to get the thing. Come. I always like to give something away. And um, my birthday's on Thanksgiving, so I was gonna say, oh, who has a birthday on Thanksgiving? Worst birthday to have, just to let you know. You generally get turkey. And I can sign a few later, Debbie. My sister. So awesome. So let me just open up in prayer. And, uh, and also, I'll be available to sign books. And I love praying over people as well. So let's just close our eyes and, and ask the Lord to be with us. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the blessing of standing here in front of these women today. God, touch each woman that has come through these doors. Let them know of your love. Let them know of your peace. Let them know of your joy. And as I give this message, Father, I pray it pierces their heart like a two-edged sword so that they walk out differently than they walked in. I thank you that we invite Holy Spirit into this conversation and that, Father, we get changed because you change us through the power of your Holy Spirit. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have on, been on this journey of purification. How, how many have been through purification with God? Anybody? Yes, a few people. Okay, well, then you know what it's like. Uh, purification with God is when he takes you in this place of like super comfort into a place of being totally on fire. Now, that fire can incinerate you, but it also is, has intention. The intention really is to purify us. So God says he wants to burn away anything old and bring us into the new. 
So I have lost multiple jobs. I started a business where I worked alone for almost five years. I'm an extrovert, by the way, so you can know what that's like. Um, I became an empty nester. Very sad transition. I, nobody told me about it. Thank God I have friends. And I've seen heartache with one of my children. So I have three children. 25 years old is my daughter. I have a 22-year-old son and an 18-year-old daughter. So what I want to talk to you about today is what is faith? How do we ignite our faith? And I think the next slide, what is faith? It's, it's a lot of words. You don't have to necessarily read it, but I am a visual learner, so I like to share with people the way I learn. So faith is, as it says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is what? It is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for right? It's for a divinely guaranteed evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So when we think about faith, we all have to step into faith every day. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to be safe in my car while I'm driving. I'm going overseas. That's actual faith. But then there's instances in our life where God says, do you have faith for this? Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe your children are, are wayward right now. That's when this faith kicks in. And so um, the Lord really said to me, I want you to help people see what faith is really like. And in Abraham, of course, he believed and trusted and relied on and remained steadfast to the Lord and counted and credited it to him as righteousness, doing right in regard to God and man. That's that second verse, which is really important. So God helped me in increasing my faith by purifying with his fire. Okay, we started with fire. That's what God is. I don't know if you remember in the Bible, um, Abraham um, went, not Abraham, Moses went up to the mountain and there was a fire there, right? And he thought, oh my gosh, this fire is going to burn me. But it didn't burn him. It gave him a message. So I've always gone to God and told the Lord that I'm going to lay this at your feet, Jesus. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it right here for you and I can walk away. And then I go, let me just pick that up just a second there. I'm going to just pick. Oh, okay. I'll just carry it a little while longer, God. Okay. Like, okay, Rhonda. He's, I'm sure he's like, oh boy, here we go with this one. Um, But you know, I would oftentimes say, how long do I have to continue this faith for this thing? Like, how long, God? Like, I've been praying for years. How long do I continually have to go, here it is, God. Now I trust you with it. And he's like, till you get what obedience really means. Hmm. That was really interesting. So surrender is the word that enters the picture. And oftentimes I've been in situations with even certain jobs. And there was one job I had actually at Greater Lawrence Technical High School. Now, that's an impoverished school. There's most of those kids come in there. They're fatherless. They do drugs. They have guns in their home. It's not the most peaceful environment to work in. But I said, Lord, when I come here, this is my mission trip. This is my missionary trip. And so I just knew that I was going to share the love of Jesus with these kids and with teachers. And I did for three years. Then it got so awful that I I literally picked up a flag in my office. And I said, God, I give up. I can't do this anymore. He's like, good. 
now I can work. And I was like, oh gosh, okay. So he did work. He, I had to leave that job, but God had something else in store. See, it's, it's oftentimes when we are constantly like picking up the things that we want to hold so close and God's like, if you lay it down, I'll take it to the next place that's more peaceful. And yet we have a hard time laying it down. So how do you do this in your own life? And that's what I want to talk to you about today is how do you ignite that faith? What are the things that you can do? And I have certain steps that I'm going to give you that will be helpful before you leave. So if we go to the next slide, what does it really mean to ignite your faith? I love the eagles. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So that's what God is telling us. He's like, do you have faith the size of a mustard seed? Do you? I know I do. I'm like, a mustard seed, that's pretty small. (laughs) So yes, Lord, I have faith the size of a mustard seed. So what is it he's calling you to do? What are the things that he's saying, do you have faith this small? Well, then believe in that faith and say to the mountains, move. And see, this is where God wants to equip us as women, that we have a voice. Our voices matter in the kingdom and they shift the atmosphere. So when um, we're getting ready to greet this, the bridegroom, Jesus is our bridegroom, and he is asking us, are you going to be ready to receive me? And so often I think about that, like, am I ready to receive Jesus now? I hope so, but I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm working things out, Lord. And he says, I want you to say to me, the Lord says, I want you to say that I'm going to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. So Is he going to say that when we're constantly holding on to things, right? Sorry. I mean, I know I'm supposed to do the microphone. Um, And that's really what is important today. And, And so the Lord says, he is coming. Be prepared. Be ready. Stay awake. For you know neither the day nor the hour. That's Matthew 25, 13. So um, how can you ignite your faith no matter what your circumstance? This is in this next slide here. When you don't have control, ooh, this is wordy. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) I'll just talk to you out loud. Um, So when you don't have control, you tend to put what? So so we're out of control. What comes in right away? Anyone want to tell me? You can chaos. What else? Fear. Anxiety, yes. All those things come in. So we go like, oh my gosh, we don't have control of this situation. And all, all those things come into us. Well, where do those things come from? The enemy, right? And God says, I have come to give you peace. He said, I've come to give you peace because in this world you will have tribulation. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. So we put fear instead of faith, right? And in that process of gaining and increasing our faith, God is saying, time to let go now, time to let go. But this is absolutely the hardest part of the process. So we must act on, so this is the the ways that I'm going to encourage you on what we believe, and we must daily reinforce that belief by renewing our minds with the word of God. So you got to hear the word. If you're not in the word, 
I encourage you to be in the Word. Listen, the Word, in other parts of the world, the, the Bible is forbidden. Can you imagine a book that's forbidden in other parts of the world? Why? Because the Bible is alive and it has the power to change circumstances in people's lives. It has the power to transform regions and nations. So think about that. So if you're not in the word, I encourage you, hear the word. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing is the first step. And then we're going to perish if we don't have knowledge. So we do not know what to believe. So hearing the word brings into the realm of the soul, which is our mind, and we can decide what to do with it. I think Joyce Myers wrote a really good book called The Power... um, Oh, something about the power of a, the praying mind or power of mind, something like that. She has a, a breakthrough for your mind. You know that one? Yes, yes, yes. The battlefield of the mind. This is where it all stems from, is here. Like when I can't sleep, I'm like, what's going on? It's my mind. My mind is constantly working. So believe the word. Once the word is in our minds, we must decide what are we going to do with it? So like God said to me, are you going to trust me? Well, that's in the word. That's in Proverbs 3. Uh, verses five to six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your mind. So he's saying, believe the word. Once the word is in our minds, we must decide, what are you going to do with this? I've given it to you. It's a gift. What are you going to do with it? Believing is the result of a decision. You see, when I pick up things and I go, I'm going to hold this, I made a decision. If I go, I'm going to surrender this, that's also a decision. You see, God has us making decisions with believing the word. You decide what you're going to believe and what you're going to reject. The choice is yours. What you decide to believe sets the pattern in what you say. So if you say, oh, my life is terrible. My kids are doing all these things. I don't understand it. My life's in chaos. Well, you're just speaking into the atmosphere all negativity about your life. So I encourage women all the time, switch your talk. Your track track needs to change. So instead of saying, oh, there's all these things, say, you know what? Glory to God, I woke up and I'm breathing today. I have my health. You know what? I have eyes to see and hands to hold people and feet to walk where God wants me to walk. I am a living vessel for God. If I wake up with a positive mind and saying, Lord, what do you want to do with my day? I know what's going on around me. There's a lot of swirling, but Lord... I am in the center of your will. If you change the way you think about your circumstance and start using your mouth in the manner of which God wants you to use it, you will see your circumstances also change. So um, before I go into this next section, um, I wanted to just share a little bit of my testimony. And part of my testimony, some of you may know, is that... um, Faith does require a lot of energy, right? In the sense of, uh, well, it just requires a lot of energy. Let me just say that. So, so I have three children I talked to you about. One of my children is my middle son. Now, he's been the one that I have literally been like this uh, since he was born. Like, Lord, how am I going to do this? You know, I've, I've been on the floor because I always had to petition God for his life for what God's plans. And the Lord told me early on, because I've written a lot of journals, that this young man, my son, is going to be a leader for the kingdom of God. So I knew that, because God told me that. 
But then I'd see him doing things that are not very leadership-like. And I was like, well, I don't get this, God. You told me this. And he's like, watch and pray. Continue to pour into him. So um, back in 2020, uh, he actually decided to go to an island called Hawaii. And it was not a very good situation for our whole family. However, God was working. And I'll tell you how. He left in May, but in January, I was literally doing like meditation, like quiet time with the Lord. And the Lord says to me, Rhonda, are you ready to be refined by the fire? And I'm like, I'm going to be refined. Yes, Lord, I'm going to be refined. Yes, I'll be refined. He's like, great. Are you ready for me to refine your son? I'm like, my son, yeah, refine him. I thought you would do that like, like a long time ago, but yes, take him, Lord. He's yours. And then he goes, okay, well, let me ask you again. Will you let me refine your son? I'm like, hmm, you're asking me again the same question about my son. Something must be about that. And then he says to me again, will you let me refine your son? And I went, wait, this is like, I remember this. This is when Peter told Jesus, I will not you know, um, leave you. I will never forsake you. And yet you said the cock will crow three times and you will deny me. I'm like, this is me. He's asking me three times. I was like, Lord, yes, I told you. Yes, refine my son. And he goes, and then I see, I'm a very visual person. I see a tunnel and it's all in fire. And he said, then you must get out of the way. And in the tunnel, I was standing like this in front of my son. And I was like, ah, I've been preventing God refining him. And I started crying. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. And I stepped out of the way. And I said, he's yours. And that's when everything started happening in our life that seemed like hell had been loosed. In reality, God was purifying my son. So my, my message to you on this is that God is often asking us to do something that's very, very, very difficult to do. Our faith has to come in. Our strength has to come in. Our our belief in what God's word says. So if I didn't believe that God was going to make my son a leader, I would never be able to step out of the way. I have to trust God's word. God's word says that. So it's been a long process, okay? And all I have to say is, Recently, God put me through the fire again, <laughs> and, um, and now my son is in Hawaii again. He says he's sober. I, you know what? I'm at this point where I'm like, I've surrendered. Boop, here's my flag. Um, I want to tell you something that's really helped me. I, I joined this group called Families Anonymous. Now, you might be familiar with an Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever, but this is for people that have someone with a mental illness or anyone in their family. Anyway, this program was just totally given to me by God because I just, I can't even tell you how it's helped me immensely. So this is when recently, has, this is what God gave to me because this is part of their program. It says helping. I'm like, oh, I'm a helper. I help everybody, my family, my sisters, my brothers, neighbors. I'm your helper to the extent of my own demise of being exhausted. <laughs> So, but what does this say? It says, my role as a helper is not to do things for the people I'm trying to help, but to be things. Not to try to control and change their actions, but through understanding and awareness to change my reactions. 
This was so good. And then the, the thing that really got me too was exhaustion is the result when I use my energy in mulling over the past with regret or in trying to figure ways to escape a future that is yet to arrive. Projecting an image of the future and anxiously hovering over it for fear that it will or will not come true. This uses all my energy and leaves me unable to live today. Yet living today is the only way to have a life. So I too am always changing and I can make that change a constructive one if I am willing. I can change myself, others I can only love. Ooh, yeah, let me just tell you, I read that like every day. So, so this is what is really important that God wants to say. How, do you, how are you going to ignite your faith? There are several ways. If you could go to that next slide. Um, I think it says, speak the word. 2 Timothy 1 says, hold fast to the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Jesus said that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And then you got to do the word. Faith without action is not living faith. James 2.26 says, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead too. So what, what did I do in faith? Like what changed? I changed. I was always asking others to change. In fact, I went on two, a couple silent retreats and like read in my, wrote in my journal. And I was like, what am I afraid of? I don't understand this. All of these things I'm going through. And the reality, what I came to understand is that my fear inhibited me from letting go. My fear of the unknown, my fear of the future, my fear of someone failing. And you know what? My fear of myself failing. I have a standard, believe it or not. And that standard is so high, I can't even reach it. Like, that's just the truth. So, so what I came to truly understand is that God wants me still. He's like, you have been trying to save everyone from failure, even yourself. And I was like, oh my gosh. And this is why you need silent time with Jesus. And he said, everyone, and I wrote this, this is in my journal, everyone has their own journey and it does not look like mine. So Rhonda, I also want you to let that go. I'm like, hmm. I am with you, my child, just as I am with all my children. So let's go on this journey of freedom together, hand in hand. Love your Heavenly Father. So, so the Lord is teaching me, and I truly feel I'm at this place where I am free. And that's what I wanted to give to you today. This, this message of igniting your faith is for you to have faith that Jesus knows the beginning from the end, and he has all things worked out. And sometimes he's just asking, can you step out of the way so I can do my work? That's pretty much what it is. In Mark 9, um, a man brought a son, his son, to Jesus to be healed. The boy was demon-possessed and unable to speak. The root of his speechlessness was not physical, but spiritual. So in Mark 9, it says, if you can believe all things, let me hear you say that, all things, all things are possible to him who believes. I want you to remember that word because... um, in, in the Bible, we are hearing things that are saying to us, hey, I, I've got this covered, but you keep, you keep picking this up. Why you keep it? Put it down. <laughs> uh, 
And then it says here, with tears streaming down the man's face, the father replied, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So breakthroughs are from God, and they are the result of bold, obedient faith. It's the exact opposite of fear and doubt. So instead of being afraid, we must release our faith boldly, confronting those mountains, whatever those mountains are, in our lives. We need to cry out, Lord, with you, all things are possible. If your word says it, I believe it, but help me with my unbelief. So as long as we hold on to the problem, God's not going to touch it. And that's what I realized too. You get to a point where you're like, and truthfully for me, I got to a point where I was, I was working, I was managing my son's chaos as well as other things, and then I started to have like amnesia almost. I, I, I've never experienced this before, but I was typing emails and I couldn't remember words. And that was really scary to me. And I went, what's happening? And the Lord's like, oh, you're trying to handle all things yourself. I was like, that's it. I surrender. <laughs> I'm done with this. And I did. I took a break. I went on a, the silent retreats. I met with God. I got refreshed. I got revived. And I came back to the fact that I can only control myself. Others I can only love. So as long as we hold on to the problem, God's not going to touch it. You get to a point where you're going to release it. And then God will step in. He will do miracles, signs, and wonders like raising people from the dead, freeing people from cancer, healing the blind. Miracles will happen when you let it go. So what do you need to let go of today? And I hope you have those little papers. If you don't have a little paper with you, um, just let me know because that's going to be part of your exercise. But one of the things, the next slide, is about making declarations. So in this next slide, yeah, declare. So declaring God's word. One of the greatest ways you can ignite your faith is to boldly declare God's word over your life. Your circumstances, the mounds you face, and the barriers that are keeping you from receiving all God has for you. So that's what I did. I made declarations. In fact, I'm just going to read you the declaration I made for my son when he was away in Hawaii for seven weeks and we didn't know even where he was at one point. And I wrote this declaration in that time. I said, I declare for my son, Stefan, that he is a way maker. He is smart. He is clever. He is thoughtful. He is loving. He's free from addiction, and he will serve the Lord. He will associate with only those who love you, Lord. He knows who he is and whose he is. He will follow only the light, and darkness will not penetrate him. He will awaken his spirit to the Lord and a renewed mind is his. He will be calling us with good news. I declare all these things by the name of Jesus Christ, and it will be done. And would you believe it was done? After I made these declarations and petitioned heaven, um, we got word that he was found, and he came home. And I attribute that to many things. One, believing in faith. Also having a lot of prayer women praying for my son to be returned. But, you know, God knows what we're going through. And it's, he's with us through this fire. Like, I never felt alone through this fire that I went through. The fire hurts. It burns. However, in the end, I do want to shine like gold. Um, and don't you want to shine like gold? Like, do we want to be living our lives with just, like, unshiny pieces. 
So therefore, when you're being purified, know that your tears are being stored up in heaven. While in the custody of his enemies, David wrote, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle, and you have recorded each one in your book. So I literally picture all, I mean, I cried a lot, so it's probably a bigger bucket than this, but I'm sure in heaven there are tears that are just waiting to be poured out onto me as refreshment from heaven. So when we got word that our son wasn't found, I definitely stepped into that battle mode, enlisted 100 of prayer warriors to believe. I was relentless. I mean, I am very, like, uh, strong-willed, and (laughs) there's a lot of good things in my characteristics, but I was definitely relentless. So after seven weeks of praying, decreeing, and petitioning heaven, the Lord gave me this verse. Now, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible now. It's from Luke 18, and it's the parable on prayer. It says, now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make a point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up hope and lose heart, saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and had no respect for man. Give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. For a time he would not, but later he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will be an intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out. I was like, yeah, that's me. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones, Each one of you are his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and he will avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? After I petitioned heaven for my son, God gave me this verse and then he gave me word that my son was found. In Hebrews 13, 5 through 6, God tells us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in that message, the Lord is saying, you are my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So God has put his word in your mouth and in your heart. And in the face of every attack from the enemy, boldly declare his word. Boldly release your faith. And don't speak what the world says. You're going to have people coming at you. I had people going, oh, all is lost. What are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, heck no. My son will be found. He will return home, and he will be a leader for the kingdom of God. And I am still waiting and watching that to happen. So don't even speak what your circumstances show in the natural, right? Like if, if you lose a job, don't speak the fact like, oh, I'll never get another job. No, you speak, I'm going to get a job. And that's this next job God has already appointed and arraigned. And it's going to be at the appropriate time. I'm not going to lose my faith with this. Speak God's word and he will intervene on your behalf. It is his promise. So on this last slide, or the last slide, freedom. So what is God's purpose in the refinement of fire? Hopefully you can see this. There's chains. I, I totally envisioned... Anyone coming here in chains and wanting to be set free, to be totally released. Freedom is the answer. 
And Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up into slavery to the law. Galatians 5.1. This church was established for freedom. It is free church. It was established to abolish slavery. So God doesn't want us coming in as slaves and leaving as slaves. If we come in as slaves, he wants us to leave free. So before um, we do the little activity, what I really felt the Lord wanted me to do was to have, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never met Jesus face to face and you've never made a commitment of him in your life, I'm just going to ask you to bow your head right now and repeat after me silently or out loud. And this is called the prayer of salvation. This is what changed my life at the age of 12. So thank you, Jesus. So Romans 10.13 says, Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Lord, knowing that I have sinned and that I need the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, I now turn from my sins and trust Jesus for my eternal life. I ask Jesus Christ to forgive me and deliver me from sin's power and give me eternal life. And I now give Jesus Christ control over my life. From this time forward, as he gives me strength, I will seek to serve him and obey him in all areas of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, that's the prayer of salvation, you're now entered into the kingdom of heaven. And I just give God praise. And if you have accepted him and you have questions, please come see us after. So what I'd like to do now is on that piece of paper that you have, and if we can start the music, um, Mandy, uh, on the piece of paper that you have, I would like you to write anything that you want to lay at the feet of Jesus today. And we're going to pray together that when you feel led by the Spirit, after you've written on this paper, that you want to give to God, if it's a person, if it's a thing, whatever it is, bring that forward, come to the altar, lay it in here. We're going to have our prayer partners up here. Um, I brought anointing oil to pray over people. This is from Jerusalem. Um, And I just want you to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. So take your time, write. Let's take this quiet time to be with Jesus. And when you're ready, come bring it to the altar. Thank you, Jesus.